Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Good evening, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the PR Week Global Awards 2022. Tonight is about celebrating the best examples of your creative energy. Good evening, London! Tonight, it is about seeing the best of the best. Teams who combine commercial creativity, purposeful precision, extended excellence and execution to deliver real business and societal impact. This business is helping organizations to actually do the right thing, to act in the right way, and to communicate that powerfully. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time to reveal the winners of the PR Week Global Awards 2022. PR Week's Global Agency of the Year 2022. The winner of this year's Campaign of the Year. Our Communicator of the Year globally 2022, President Zelensky of Ukraine. Bravery is staying with your people, no matter what, no matter when. Counting every soul, making the old world act, giving it all, and still thinking it's not enough. The priority words quickly, the priority words now. Because we are fighting now. So you work hard. You speak hard. You make hard decisions while watching the heartbreaking news. And you keep going, even when the steps are too heavy. Because you chose it. You're staying with your people. And that's what leaders do. Hello and welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the worlds of PR and communications. My name's Steve Barrett. I'm the Editorial Director, PR Week, and I guide you gently through another show, a very different show this week. We're on the road, we're in London for the PR Week Global Awards, and delighted to be joined by our Chair of Jury for 2022. It's Damon Jones, who's the Chief Communications Officer at Procter & Gamble. How are you doing, Damon? I am wonderful, Steve. It's great to be back together after after such a long time. Great to be in London again, and fantastic show. And uh, as jury, did a great job, by the way. Thank you for putting the time in. It's so, so appreciated. But were there any overall things that you noticed from, you've done a lot of these programs, but the global one is very different, isn't it, to the PR Week US Awards, for example, or the Purpose Awards, which you've chaired before. What were your overall sort of perceptions of this 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 year's uh, work you know steve i was just struck by both the breadth and the depth of the strategy the creativity the inventiveness um and the relevance of the campaigns right i mean oftentimes um, you know, like you said, in some of the, the individual award categories, you see people going really deep into something like purpose, which is great, but it was really great to see uh, across the campaigns how they brought back, you know, commercial uh, creativity, right, um, and, and how each of these campaigns um, really did not just change the way people thought about brands, they changed the way people thought about other communities and issues. Uh, it was a real testament that in uh, our industry, um, we can really change minds, right? And not just in ways that make our companies and our organizations uh, money or or benefits as it may be, but on real important societal issues. Um, And we're really seeing that art um, be developed and be sustained by agencies, big and small, and in countries all around the world. 
Yeah, it's interesting to see, isn't it? It's interesting to compare it with Cannes, I guess, in some ways, with the PR lines and the other lines there, in that um, I suppose Cannes is all about creativity, whereas uh, <laughs> PR Week is about creativity for sure, but it's also about effectiveness, well, changing minds. Yeah, the impact. Yeah, I mean, the impact of, of these campaigns, when you look at them, um, was something that stuck out to me and in an industry where we've long struggled with things like measurement to see the way we're more strategic about approaching that, right? And you've got, you know, you've got your traditional launches where people are putting forward new products. Um, you've got, you know, more nonprofits and government groups who are putting forward, you know, how do we change minds about important health topics such as COVID? Right. Um, and so you, you're really seeing the art and the science come together in a way that I think is really reinvigorating the industry, which we've seen, you know, frankly, from the growth of uh, of what we're doing. So it, it really felt good to be a, a part of a body of work to, to be proud of. Yeah, it did. And and obviously, COVID was a theme. It was, was very present in 2021. But obviously, in a different way to 2020, it felt it moved beyond the pure crisis sort of element to it being either part of the context or or just sort of the next phase in the evolution of that. And it feels like healthcare and, and COVID is kind of a lens through which pretty much every brand story is being told in some form or fashion. It is. I mean, I think some of the biggest and best campaigns were those that were born out of deep, true, relevant human insights um, and got beyond the data. You know, we know we've been in lockdown. We know what a lot of the stats are uh, as it relates to COVID. So what are we going to do about it? What's the impact on our mental health? So all of those types of considerations when a brand or a company can find its way to be relevant in that conversation, I think those are some of the, the efforts that really stood out. Yeah, and we, you could see that in some of the winning campaigns. For example, um, the Unmute campaign, which was a Unilever one with Weber Shandwick, it kind of mixed up employee communications with um, the, the whole issue of domestic violence, which, you know, uh, during COVID was something that, that was on the rise. And it was one of those sort of hidden impacts of COVID that people weren't really talking about. But it was a, a, it was a very interesting piece of work and very uh, important piece of work. Can you hear me now? It's time to end the silence on domestic violence. It's time to unmute. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard a term recently, and it was called mixternal, right? The lines that blend between what is an internal campaign and an external campaign, but that's grounded fundamentally in the impact that you want to have, right? And I think that's what made this campaign in particular stand out, right? It was about action. It was about changing the way people thought about an issue such that they can begin to talk about it and therefore begin to do something about it. And so um, just the arc of a, a brand and a company that continues to step up into this space, you know, not just for the headlines, but going into real impact. You know, I, I think it's also, you know, the fact that you had a really good idea, well-researched, but that was translated really relevantly in markets, you know, from from Africa to Asia to, to EMEA to, to the U.S., right? And so finding ways when you, when you really have something that you believe in that you can bring forward authentically and that invites people into the conversation, um, whether that's employee and company leadership um, or whether that's celebrities and global culture, you know, when you, when you, when you hit that sweet spot, it, it becomes evidence. Um, and, and I think this is a great campaign by, by Unilever and Weber, as you said. Yeah, I think you've just uh, elevated a new piece of jargon there, which I will be using myself, Damon, external. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a good one. Definitely one for future usage. We're going to be hearing a lot more of that. But you're absolutely right. I think uh, even 
I think it's GM, isn't it, where they, they put all of their employee comms on social media. So it's basically everything's out there to see. You know, they don't have a, a you know, the old fashioned intranet seems like a bit of a thing of the past. So it's all about that transparency and authenticity. And if it's the first line of external, isn't it, you might as well be upfront about it and just go for it. Well, I mean, I think when you start looking at employees in particular who want to work in our industry, they want to be proud of the work. They, you know, I look at it when I started out, I really wasn't posting about my work on Facebook as I, as I potentially date myself right now. But as I think about some of our <laughs> newer employees, you know, when they work on a program or they work on a campaign, you see it first on their Instagram because that pride. Uh, and that affinity that they have for their company or their brand, you know, you, you kind of want to wear it on your T-shirt, right? So I think as a mindset, we need to think about that um, as we're appealing uh, to, to the employees that we want to work for, uh, that we want to work for us, I would say. But importantly, as we think about communicating on particularly complex issues, um, when you're speaking to a variety of audiences, it's difficult to speak to employees and not investors, to speak to the media um, and, and not potentially some of your NGO partners, right? So once you understand and accept the fact that you've got to balance all of those, I think it provides a new lens to which all companies should be thinking about you know, their internal or their external communication. Yeah, absolutely right. And if you try and have different messages for those stakeholders, which maybe you would have done 20, 30 years ago, it just ain't going to work, is it? Because it's going to come out on social anyway. In fact, that's how you get in trouble. So uh, a good example there. Um, sticking with the COVID theme, Walgreens and The Farm, which is a WPP sort of conglomeration, I think, working on that campaign. This is our shot. This is our shot at having our kids go back to school. Our shot at day night. This is our shot. Our shot. Our shot. Our shot. Our shot. This is our shot to hug our parents again. This is our shot. Clearly, vaccines and boosters has is, been an important part of the, the fight against COVID, which is ongoing. And, um, you know, at least we've got it to a stage now where it's, there aren't as many deaths, although we should know that I think we've, in the US, passed the 1 million death mark which is really frightening to think um so people still are dying from it but whilst we are still seeing rises in it in the, in the northeast it's at least relatively mild compared to it where it was two years ago and the communication around getting your shots and your boosters has been has played a big part in helping you know combat that well it is and, and i think you know public education has is, is really become on the map um from a from a healthcare standpoint um uh, like it has in, 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 a, in a long time. Unfortunately, it's taken a pandemic to bring that to light. Um, but I think what was, what stood out about this one was the fact that, you know, there was, again, real research and true insights that led the Walgreens team to really shape this campaign, understanding some of the skepticism that existed in the Black and Hispanic communities. Really then, um, once you dug deep in that, it enabled us to tap into the real trusted spokespeople, the accurate, credible information to get to that, but brought to life in a very creative way. If you look at some of the things that they tapped into, really going grassroots with HBCUs or, or partnering with government groups like the city of Chicago, uh, they went in with Uber to get free rides to people to the stores, and even had the connections to the government entities at a national level. Um, so really a, a brand that understood its role as catalyst, its role as accelerator, and then to be able to bring all of that together in a very creative way. And then at the end of the day, again, how did they measure it, right? Looking at the COVID vaccinations, looking at the by geography, looking at how they leveraged, you know, trusted voices and how those things really turned the needle to really accelerate the impact 
that for many was was frankly a life or death issue. So uh, again, cr not creativity for creativity's sake, um, but something that really uh, applied and had long lasting impact both on consumers and the brand. Yeah, and it's interesting. We'll talk later about a, a brilliant campaign that was won by, you know, you would say a smaller agency, but this is a great example of the, the holding company kind of unloading all their guns, if you like, with, you know, across WPP's PR, but, but other agency disciplines as well. And I guess it's horses for courses and for a big global brand like your, yours and Unilever and Walgreens and, you know, Ford. Sometimes you need that, don't you? You need those boots on the ground. You need that global reach. And that, that's the sort of work that we're honoring here as well. Again, some of the best campaigns this year, Steve, were truly blended programs, right? They, they did mix in earned with owned and paid. There was, you know, strong traditional media plays and strong social media plays. But it wasn't like, you know, many of these campaigns just tried to tick every box. I love to see the intentionality among a number of them where they went out and said, here's a specific objective that we have, and here's a specific tactic that we're going to do it. Um, and, and there were others that, you know, started off really adapted and, and learned from how, how campaigns were playing out in the marketplace and then adjusted, right? And I think all of those are hallmarks uh, of excellence communications work. Yeah, and a lot of it involves paid media now, doesn't it? It's, paid digital is almost like one of the, the key tools of a PR campaign, which uh, you know wouldn't necessarily have been the case a decade ago. No, it's not. But I, I think the, the continued adaptability or agility or use whatever word you want it, I mean, that, that's what is going to set the future campaigns and, and frankly, set the future communication leaders apart. Um, we've got to have a number of tools in our toolbox. And the most important thing is that, you know, not everything flows through, in my case, the PR department or the PR agency, but we know which tools to pull out at which time to achieve those objectives. Um, and when you can really offer that type of counsel and that type of stewardship, I think you see sustained success, as we saw with a number of the, the biggest campaigns this year. Yeah, and another one that did well, and we've we, this, this has had a lot of profile already, but I think it's still worth mentioning, is MasterCard's True Name campaign, and uh, which was worked on by Ketchum. MasterCard will now allow transgender people to use their chosen names on credit cards. In an effort to fight discrimination, the company is introducing the True Name card. That means the name on the credit card owned by a transgender person may be different than what's on their birth certificate or driver's license. And one thing I liked about that was that they kind of tried to get the banks to do this and nobody really took it up. So they thought, okay, we're going to do it ourselves. And they almost shamed the banks into following them afterwards. So it was, it was a brilliant piece of work in that respect. Well, it is, I mean, I call it leadership at its finest, right? Because, you know, for those of us who followed this, this, this campaign, I mean, MasterCard's been at this for a while uh, and they've, they've had campaigns that have been under different names, right? But, but when you get to the fundamental insight, fundamental human insight, and that people want to be respected in ways that they deem necessary. And few things are as fundamental as a name. Being called by the right name isn't something that's just, you know, as they say, a matter of expression. It's one of acceptance. It's one of inclusion. It's one, you know, at the core can be a physical safety, right? And so when you get that insight and you have a brand that's committed to doing it, um, you see the creativity and how it comes out over time, right? And um, to see smiles on people's faces when they can, you know, do their day-to-day -day activity and be respected at it, uh, it's huge, right? And so bringing that humanity um, through earned media, bringing that humanity through events, um, it's an enduring um, campaign, um, but, but something that I think is going to have long-lasting relevance. 
Yeah, and leadership involves being brave sometimes and going out there and going where others aren't willing to go. And then they followed on afterwards. So good for them. The suspense is building. But the winner of this year's campaign of the year, it's the Boob Life by Manifest for Tommy Tippy. Let's talk about the campaign of the year, Damon. I know you love this campaign. Tommy Tippy, the Boob Life. And um, it was produced by Manifest, a very creative agency in London. And they've got offices around the world, but their HQ is in London. Talk us through the, the, the winning campaign of the year for 2022. You know, I, I love this campaign, Steve, for so many reasons. Um, it was purposeful. It was strategic. It was creative. And it was authentic, right? I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I think some of the best work that we saw here was built on deep, relevant human insights. And one of the things that I loved about um, this campaign was that it just didn't focus on the insight of the immediate target audience. They recognized um, that they needed to speak to all people, including um, the moms who, at the end of the day, they were going to sell the breast pumps to, right? Um, And so being able to talk the language of consumers and show real people doing real things in real moments of humanity was, was just great, right? So, you know, the other thing I thought that they did incredibly well is they played into the natural way that the conversation was playing out, whether that was stories in the mainstream media, whether that was the, the, the original creative being banned by Facebook, they put the power of the story into the hands of the consumers. Um, and so when you see that, you saw purpose connected to brand and objectives. You saw inventiveness in, in the conversations that really invited people. And in. it was something about this brand enabling moms to have a voice of their own versus sometimes what we see is a brand feeling like it needs to have the dominant voice. So they invited people into a conversation in very authentic ways. The the creative use of visualization was great because it was it was just human, right? It wasn't, you know, over the top in ways that it didn't need to be. Um, but it challenged the norms and it invited people to question themselves, their institutions, their companies, and how they're supportive of the people that they love because we've all we've all been a child, right? And we all love our moms. So how, how can we support um, them on this journey, I think, was was just a, a great campaign. But to see, again, uh, creative use of paid and earned and social and just a really overall integrated campaign. So to that team, kudos for, for excellence in not only changing the conversation around breastfeeding, uh, but about putting the brand on the map in new ways. Yeah. It's amazing the stigma around something that is just the most natural thing in the world, literally. And it and it's, it's crazy, really, the way mothers are, are judged and in so many ways around this issue and it, it was a great piece of work and um, congratulations to them for that and uh, it was great for manifest because they not only won campaign of the year they also won international agency of the year so just proving that great creativity and great work can come from the smaller and mid-sized shops as well as the big global giants um, which is always good to see how do you mix up your agency suppliers in that respect it is a best of both worlds i mean certainly there are um, you know, the, the big agencies that are able to do global programs and, and have that that execution. But when you look at smaller or more mid-sized agencies and what they're able to put out, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily restricted to that, right? So you look at, you know, again, look at the manifest work for, for, for Tommy Tippy, right? It was, um, you, you could look at that work and you wouldn't know whether it was a big agency or a small agency, right? The fundamentals were there and it was brilliantly executed. And I think that's what's most important. Um, and we don't start any 
any campaign saying, well, what size of the agency? You start that campaign saying, what's the consumer insight and what's the business objective that we want to have? So, you know, we've, all, we've often said great ideas can come from anywhere uh, and great ideas as an evidence of, of what we saw this year. Great ideas, frankly, came from everywhere, including this, this particular case. Yeah, and all around the world as well. It was, it was some great creativity from all around the world, which was good to see. Bill Weeks, Global Agency of the Year 2022 is Zeno Group. It was a good day for, a good year for the Daniel J. Edelman Group because their brand Zeno won Global Agency of the Year with Edelman taking the honourable mention. So uh, that'll be interesting um, bragging points in-house at, at, at the company. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how Barbie and, uh, and Richard have that one over, over a glass of wine. So be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think... Uh, He'll be happy if all ships are rising, I guess. Um, but uh, what talk us about where we just re- released our agency business report at PR Week and we saw the whole market was up, you know, around 20%, um, including in the US. And actually, agencies kind of turning away business because they can't actually get the people to, to do the work. The, the growth might have been more if they could get more people. So, how are you seeing that? Um, is is that a problem, or is that actually just a great sign that the PR is being demanded more, and there are many more areas where people are calling on agencies, and not just from from the PR budget, you know, from the HR, from the CEO's budget, from business transformation, and and, and many others. I think this interest in some of the growth that we're seeing in our industry has really been fueled by the recognition um, that many more people have. Um, of how communications can play a critical role in stewarding brands and companies through all the trap doors that exist right now, right? I mean, the the pressure that exists on employees uh, or from employees to be relevant on not only business issues, but societal issues and geopolitical issues. Um, The complexity um, that's required to, to manage many different stakeholders, the challenge to be relevant in ways and speak to a diversity of employees that really want to engage and want to have their companies engaged. So I think it speaks to the strategic nature of the opportunity that's in front of us. You know, you step back and you start looking at, you know, start with the agencies of the year that we saw, right? I mean, these weren't just people who had big budgets and big numbers. And yes, the growth numbers were impressive, but you looked at the diversity of the efforts, the breadth of clients that they were able to serve, um, you know, how they managed to retain their employees um, and, and make sure that they were serving them through well-being and, and, and equality and inclusion initiatives. Um, but it's really also about the business model evolution and people recognizing that in order to meet um, the diversity of needs and the breadth of needs, that we've kind of got to go back to the drawing board and not just look at it and saying, what are our practice areas and how do I you know, go through a tick box mentality? It's about deeply understanding the needs of the client and the brands, deeply understanding the audience and coming back up with you know, a bespoke mix of services um, to deliver on that objective. And every campaign looks a little bit different. Um, But when you get people that have the skill to be able to do that, um, whether that's an agency team or an in-house team, I think we see the pull. We see the pull from brands. We see the pull from our senior management um, because they recognize, um, you know, doing the right thing is only part of the job. You've got to help your stakeholders understand why you're doing the right thing, how you're doing the right thing, and bring them along the journey. And when you can do that successfully, that earns you, you know, a, a bigger chair at the table, if you will. Now, but the continued interest for strategic counsel, as well as, 
you know, great creative execution. I think that's what we're seeing. So yes, a big opportunity for our industry, which means we need to continue to step up our capability to be able to serve. Yeah, and just to finish on that, that we're almost halfway through 2022. Obviously, there are all sorts of headwinds, you know, in terms of inflation, gas prices, the geopolitical situation, the awful um, invasion of Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. But in, in many ways, that's when PR steps up and, and does its best work, isn't it? So my, I guess there might be some downsides on some of the consumer marketing type of work, but actually... Can we expect uh, growth this year? Maybe not as much as 20%, but, you know, still still a big demand for PR-related services. I think so, Steve. It's, you know, um, it, it, long are the days when PR was simply about reach, right? You know, we've really got to bring in the creative ideas and insights that drive relevance and that drive resonance. You know, you look across the bevy of entries, and we had a really strong year of entries, but it wasn't just the big international brands with, you know, huge budgets that drove um, success. We saw a lot of great programs because they had great insights, great people, and, and it was great execution. So yes, as budgets tighten around the world from inflation and, and many other drivers, people are going to look for increased productivity and efficiency as they should, but there's still room for great ideas. And when you see great ideas, and you see the mix that we've talked about. I, I think those those brands and those campaigns are going to see success if they approach it strategically. Yeah, for sure. And the PRs are people business. So let's end on a couple of people categories. It was good to see Susan Howe winning Global Agency Pro of the Year, longstanding Weber Shandwick um, executive, now president, reporting to Gail Hyman over there and doing doing a great job over the decades. Mm -hmm. and, and then interesting to see Jonathan Adeshek at IBM win Global In-House Pro, because like yourself, Jonathan has that mix of experience across the globe. You've spent time in Asia, Europe, and the US, and so has Jonathan. And, you know, for, for these global roles, just talk about what that brings to, you know, how, how important that is to have those perspectives when you're, when you're doing these global roles and, and Jonathan's particular abilities there. Well, I mean, I, I think what we saw in both Susan and Jonathan is sustained contribution over time, right? And, and at the end of the day, we all have a good day when we're in the right place with the right idea and the right time. And we also have our share of, of missed opportunities. But when you see professionals that um, really integrate the breadth of experience, expertise, creativity, um, and it's not just about them, that they can inspire teams and inspire institutions to continue to invest in the capability in the organizations because they're delivering over time. That's what stood out, right? And, and I think we've got two great examples of that. The global experience is absolutely, I think, an imperative. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have spent time in your life living around the world. Uh, I certainly enjoyed part of that, but, but that's not you know for everyone all the time. But at the end of the day, are you able to connect meaningfully? Can you be a great listener, understand, and integrate the insights, no matter where they are, no matter where they come from, and inspire the creativity and the great execution of the people around the world, such that your enterprise comes to you for more um, and more of the right things. And I think that's what we saw um, in, in the case from IBM and, and the great work that Jonathan's been leading. Yeah, for sure. Damon, great to chat to you, and thanks for doing a bang-up job as uh, chair of jury, as always. It's been terrific working. Not only was it fun, Steve, it was uh, inspirational and, and candidly gives me confidence in uh, in the future that we have as an industry. So it is uh, definitely onward and upwards. 
Thank you so much, Damon. And that's it for another PR Week Global Awards. We will see you next time on the PR Week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.